My name is Jesse Hernandez. I'm 55, and I'm here at the Alexian Clinic in San Jose, speaking with Dr. Guerra, who is my doctor and has helped me a lot with my issues. My name is Irene Guerra. I'm 33 years old. I'm his therapist. So, Jesse, where did you grow up, and can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing? I was initially raised by my grandparents in Modesto up until the age of six. After that, I grew up in San Francisco. What was it like as you, in your childhood growing up? Initially, the best years, the best memories I have of my life were with my grandmother. That was very secure, loving, nourishing, and where I think I got instilled all the positive characteristic of who I am from her. But that's it. After that, the rest of my life was very chaotic growing up with the alcoholic and very promiscuous mother and uh, cops always at the house because of her drinking out of control to the point where she's just in rage, hollering and screaming, throwing, breaking stuff um, loud, loud. You couldn't find a louder screamer than her. We would be so embarrassed. A lot of fights. Two traumatic things I could remember growing up was, one, she almost died coming back late hours of the night, and we got woken up by cops. She got rushed to emergency because just down the street, San Francisco has hills. And she had a pinto at that time. And her so drunk coming home, I don't know if she was trying to park or what, but her pinto ended up on top of the parked cars down the hill on the curb. And she was in bad shape. Another more traumatic experience was we got left with my stepdad which was a usual thing growing up. We would be abandoned and neglected by her for weeks, two months. But we all felt so much better without her around, more relaxed. My stepdad was our only parent figure growing up. And one of these times, she came home after being absent for weeks. She came home finally. Us kids were in the living room all on the floor with blankets, watching scary movies. My dad was at work, and we got startled and scared out of our minds when we heard scratching on the door. It made us scared because of how young we were and what we were watching. My little brother told my sister and my twin brother to check the door, and none of us wanted to. We were all so scared. We said, no, you check. No, you check. Finally, we heard a voice that was sounded so strange. When we finally did open the door, my mom was there. 
she crawled from the sidewalk across the front lawn to the door, was trying to ask for help. She was so drunk she couldn't speak. And the idiot guys, whoever she was drinking with, threw her out the car, like throwing a piece of trash out and running over her. Her ankle was broken in so many places. She wanted us to call the doctor, and um, we told her, we're going to call the police too, whoever did this to you. And she was so scared, she said, no, 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 don't call the cops. How old were you when this happened, and how did that impact your life? I was in elementary I don't know how old. This is a norm for us from childhood all the way up. And it just left me feeling so much hate. I grew up all my life feeling hate, thinking hate, and living hate. And some people say that hate is a harsh word. But for me, it was hate in the deepest way possible. And I was a small kid. I remember just thinking, I hate you. I hate you. Waiting till I was old enough to just leave her, this lifestyle, this environment. And I also felt so neglected, unloved. She goes around with strangers, picks up strangers at a bar. That's how my stepdad met her. He used to be a singer at one of the San Francisco bars. And her and her friend went to San Francisco from Modesto, where my grandmother lived, because they wanted to prostitute her and her friend. And uh, she went into that bar, and he felt sorry for her, helped her, and he didn't drink He didn't smoke, and he he taught us a lot of good things. And we told him we love being with him, and why does he tolerate all that he does? Because my mom used to beat him and scratch him, and he never hit back, which is another thing that I learned from him. And I never laid hands on a woman and respected women so much because of what He went through, and we asked him, how come you don't divorce her? Why do you stay with her? And he said, because of you, because of you guys. That's why I put up with everything, and it made us love him even more. But yet, all her life, she's lived like this, giving herself to anybody. She doesn't care who they are, what they've done, what they're like. She could care less. Complete strangers. Some of them were brought home to our house while my dad's at work. Late at night, we'd hear laughter and wake up and say, Mom, what are you doing? Oh, this is my friend. There's bottles drinking in there. and She gives herself all my life growing up. But to us, she neglects. I never remember growing up with a hug I love you. Nothing. 
nothing. I'm so sorry to hear that. How do you think this impacted you later on in life? And how do you think this influenced the incident that led you to going into prison? It had a deep impact in my life because it um, instilled so much hate in me. And that hate was constantly reinforced, reinforced. Growing up like that, in the early years when you're supposed to be forming your character, all kinds of stuff, I grew up learning all the negative things. And uh, that's the impact it had on me. I maxed it with alcohol at a very early age, 12 or so. Me and my brothers and sisters, all of us, I remember all of us sniffing gas from a gas tank. My mom, my dad, nobody was home. We would do whatever, so we all drank early. It was our way of getting away, of trying to forget, of trying to help. And uh, it escalated. I had an addiction. I tried almost every drug out there. I drank heavily every time I drank to the point of passing out. To me, drinking wasn't drinking if I didn't do that. I could not just take a drink. I had to keep on and keep on and keep on. And it gave me a huge anger problem. I remember with all that hate, I've had so many fights. And uh, that's combined with drinking really made things worse. And uh, I left finally before my graduation just to get away. Then I went to Job Corps. Right after Job Corps, I got married. Still had my alcoholism and my anger problem. And my wife at the time would always be controlling, jealous, and abusive. The things that I couldn't stand about my mom. And I felt like, oh my God, I went from the frying pan to the fire, but worse. And I used to give my ex-wife everything, all the money I worked, and everything would go to her. It never satisfied her. She always wanted more. And no matter how abusive she was, I would never hit her. These things I learned from my stepdad. And here I am. A lot of times things would escalate to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I would say, okay, well, if a scene is what you want, a scene is what you're going to get. And I would punch the walls break the windows, take my aggression and anger out on anything but not hitting her. Mm -hmm. At 
times when I would go outside to cool off. I couldn't if I wanted to. That rage just wouldn't let me. I would find myself going out there, walking, and just the first guy that looks at me, that was it. What are you looking at? And the first thing comes out of his mouth that's negative, it would be my excuse to let my rage out physically, and only then, in doing that, can I calm down. No other way can that happen except for having it released physically. Is that what happened when you ended up going to prison? Yes. The poor taxi cab driver, Troy Pullen. We're at Modesto again, visiting relatives, and drinking all night into the morning. My ex-wife kept coming out, I don't know how many times, to tell me to stop drinking and stop drinking. Me, my brother-in-law, my relatives in the garage drinking. And she was so controlling that I didn't want her to control this. But I don't blame it on her. That's the way I drank anyways. But it just irritated me, the controlling and the nagging. And finally, the last time she did come out and argued about it in front of everybody, I just felt that rage that I couldn't control anymore. And I got a knife from the kitchen and took off. Why I took a knife, I don't know, but I did. And uh, I walked, I don't know how long into the morning, staggering, drunk. I ended up downtown Modesto by the Greyhound, and the first cab driver, I let my rage out on him. We were struggling with the knife. He cut his hands during the struggle, and I stabbed him in the leg and took off. Only in prison did I realize all the issues I had, all the problems I had to come to terms with, only the self-help programs, anger management, and all the rest, um, prison of peace, um, only through those programs did I realize I had a problem. Before then, I didn't even think I had a problem. I stopped drinking. I stopped drugs, even smoking. And I am 20 years sober. But I started back then digging deep within me to find all these defective character that had ruined my life. And I'd always blamed everybody, but I realized I am the only one that made the choices that I made. And I came to terms where that anger derived from. And uh, I had to forgive my mother for a lot of it. I had to forgive 
abusive uncles. I had to forgive so many people in my life that were supposed to take care of me, but did the opposite. Because I learned that only through forgiveness can healing start, and that I had to let go of anger because they taught me that it's like drinking poison if you don't. You drink it hoping that it would harm the ones you're angry with, but all you're harming is yourself. So I learned all the things that I could possibly learn in hopes of if I ever get out and get another chance at freedom, I would be a a better person than I had coming in. You definitely have an amazing story and... It's hard to believe that that is the same person that I see and that others see now. How long were you in prison and what was it like for you when you were able to get that freedom? And how has your life changed now? I was 28. I mean, I spent 28 years in in prison. Almost three decades, never thinking I would make it out because I went to the parole board six times. And every time, no matter how many self-help groups, clean time without write-ups, it was never good enough. And they would always commend me for what I brought them, but tell me, denied, continue your positive program. I never thought I would make it out. And from finally making it out, I just felt that God opened the door. And he opened it after all the positive changes that were made in me. I just felt blessed, very blessed, to be given another chance at freedom. And being out, I just felt so shell-shocked, anxiety of trying to Reconnect back to society, a place where when I went in, there were phone booths in every corner. And when I came out, I couldn't find one. That's the first thing that stood out were all the phone booths. And uh, new technology that I knew nothing about. And uh, mentally, all the PTSD symptoms from that long and the things that I'd been through in there made it hard for me to readapt, but I tried to do the best that I can with the best help that I could look for, and that was here with Dr. Guerra, all the staff who were so helpful. You now have been out for almost two years. Um, Congratulations. Now you've changed your life completely around. You have a family, you have grandkids. What is the biggest motivator for you to keep doing well? Well, you just mentioned it. My grandkids. (laughs) My grandkids. The latest one is 
Christina, but we call her Christmas because she was born. The Christmas I came out and I showed Dr. Kara. I showed you and all the staff. I showed everybody her picture on my cell phone because I'm so proud of her. She's so cute. And I, I live for them. God, who opened the door, is my motivator and my, my grandkids, my family. Thank you for sharing such a beautiful story. Any last words of wisdom that you want to share with others? Yes. No matter what hardship you've been through, the past never has to define who you are because you could rise above anything. If you only choose to not give in to the negative and not let it consume you like I did and look for the positive, you could choose who you want to be, how you want to be. <laughs> you should never let people determine that for you. And I've learned that the hard way. But it's a valuable lesson that I will carry with me always. And uh, I'm just so thankful for all of God's blessings. I really am. 